Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got Barbara Mangro Berg. Or is it Mangro or Magro Berg, should I say? I never know quite Magro. how to pronounce your surname, Barbara. Magro, in Italiano, it means lean. Ah, oh, lovely. I love the way you use the Italiano accent with it. Magro. <laughs> All right, so it's, it's great to have you on, Barbara. I believe... You're at the moment in Florida, in USA. I am, and it, it's an absolutely stunning day, I have to say, to all you people who are stuck in snow. Mm-hmm. I just went outside to look at my orchids that are hanging from my tree, and the blooms are going crazy because the weather is so perfect for orchids. So uh, it is gorgeous here right now. Fabulous. It sounds delightful. So today we're going to be uh, talking about love and, you know, um, the way it can lead to um, actually having your greatest love through raising your vibration and specifically talking about love being your divine right, Barbara, today. Yes. This is, was a blind spot for me for many, 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 many years. That I actually deserve to love and to be loved. So first of all, then, what can you tell the listeners about your sort of personal journey towards attaining the love that you've got now in your life? You know, what's led you to be doing what you're doing now? Just to give the listeners an insight around that. Well, I was, um, you know, I, I am, I still am, but I have been a corporate sales executive for 30 years in the travel publishing industry. And, um, you know, I was raised to uh, believe that education was highly important in having your own career. I was, you know, a 70s uh, college grad. So during the time of, you know, women really need to have their own money. And um, even though my parents were married for 61 years, I was never really taught that having a relationship and a happy marriage is really part of the picture of life. It was more career focus. So I embarked on the journey of the career and um, got into advertising sales and worked for really fabulous travel magazines over the years. And Condé Nast Traveler, Brides Magazine, lived in Hawaii, lived in Australia, uh, came back to New York and worked for Gourmet. And during it, um, you know, I was always looking for love. I had boyfriends, of course, through the years, and I even got married when I was 32 to an Australian who I had met while I was on vacation, scuba diving. He was my scuba diver instructor. The movie Crocodile Dundee had just come out, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go to Australia for my 30th birthday. Those (laughs) Australian men are hot. I found my Crocodile Dundee of the Great Barrier Reef, (laughs) and um, we did a long-distance relationship for four years. Um, I mean, after I met him, I thought, I'll never see him again, but he chased me and chased me and chased me. And it was very flattering. You know, the accent is very seductive. So anyway, we got married. Um, 
in Hawaii. And then I moved to Australia to be with him. And we lived on an island in the Great Barrier Reef for a year. And it was a complete disaster. And we separated and I moved to Sydney and lived there for another six years working and publishing and then came back to the States and I did get divorced. But it took me another 20 some odd years to kind of, first of all, honor the yearnings in my heart that I kind of poo-pooed and pushed to the side because I was raised during that time where career was number one. Mm. And um, I had lived in California before Hawaii. And if anyone who lives in Southern California is aware that like being married, no, it's cool to be single. And I was in LA for 11 years. And um, I think where you live, depending on where you live, really determines a lot of your beliefs. Yes. That is definitely the MO in LA. So, you know, you have to be perfect weight, gorgeous, you know, model type and not, don't want to, don't want a commitment. So, um, anyway, when I, we finally did split up and I moved back to the States and the years continued to go on. Um, and I tried to meet men and it was hitting one wall after another. I finally was introduced in 2013 to the scientific principles from the book, Wallace D. Waddles, the science of getting rich. And although I had done many, many, many metaphysical personal development type of exercises, practices, groups, whatever, um, it wasn't until I really could see and really get that when you shift your mind and really use the superpower that you have, which is your mind, that you can actually transform beliefs. But Beyond that, um, deeper than that, is I finally learned through one of the workshops I, I had done that, like, the yearnings in my heart, I need to listen to those. Like, if I really want a partner and I really want to get happily married, like, that's okay. And not um, suppress it and try to put on this image of, well, you know, I'm single, I'm independent, I have a career, I have my own money, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's easy to sort of um, get sucked into what's trending, isn't it? And it's not Correct. really aligned with who you are and what you are. And I also saw people who were married that had very traditional marriages. And I did not want a traditional marriage. I did not want to cook for my husband every night. I did not want to have four, five, six kids. I didn't want to have kids and have to work full time and have to manage a household. You know, I saw my mother, four kids, worked full time, took care of my father, meal on the table every night at six o'clock, but also had to take care of my grandfather who was getting older. And she was always stressed out and yelling at everybody. I understand now why, you know? Mm. So I wanted something different and I didn't see any evidence of anybody who had anything different. So I had to kind of reinvent for myself and really get clear on what it was that I wanted to create. But it was when I learned, I, I did a workshop with Claire Zamet, who's actually Australian. And um, she has a workshop called Feminine Power. Yeah. And um, she's fantastic. And she talked about her story about how she attracted her husband, Craig. But before she did do that, all the inner work that she did. And the one thing that she spoke was love is my divine right. It is my right 
to love and to be loved. I was not born to be alone. And my belief up to that point truly was I was born to be alone. Don't ask for help. Being, <laughs> I'm a Sagittarian, right? Do it alone. Be independent. Prove to yourself and to the world that you can do it. Well, you know what? I proved it. Okay. I was done proving. Yeah. <laughs> I moved to Australia. I moved to New York. I did it all. I proved it. I have nothing to prove anymore. So, so and, can I just reinforce that you were actually single for, after you, you know, separated from your divorce. ex-husband for 20, over 20 years? Yeah. And I also think I was scared to commit again because my choice the first time around was so bad that I was afraid of my own decision-making process. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I think if you've made um, decisions that have resulted in poor relationships, you you start to question your own judgment, don't you? Even though you know you're a, you're a bright person (laughs) and to some degree you do trust your intellect and your intuition, but you think to yourself, well, God, you know, if I attracted that sort of person and it wasn't an ideal relationship, you do start to question yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. And then, you, know, you look back on your education. So where was the how to attract your soulmate with ease course when I was in grammar school or high school? Yeah. <laughs> where was the let's look at your beliefs around attracting love and smash them? You know, where was let's craft your vision state for your ideal partner for who you are? There was no, none of those classes when I was in grammar school and high school. No, no, no life skills whatsoever, whether that's to do with the relationships help or, or career and business and managing your finances. There was nothing it was to... hit or miss. And most people have relationships based on sexual chemistry. Okay. Yes. Bottom line. And although that's important, there's much more to the package. So let's introduce what is, you know, the starting point, I suppose, um, that's more to the package that you like to educate people around, Barbara. You know, when you talk about love is your divine right, um, what what do you specifically mean by that? What message are you trying to send to women out there around that statement? Well, I think the first thing is that for women or even men, anyone, is that they really have to be honest with themselves and, you know, ask themselves the question like, do I really want to be loved? Do I really want to love? And, um, you know, is that what my heart is calling for? I do believe I have seen a lot of women who are like myself and deny this. Oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, if I meet him, I meet him. If I don't, I don't. And you know what? That's a great attitude in terms of non-attachment. But like, what is the truth? Yes. You know, ask yourself, do you want to love and do you want to be loved? Forget whether you have scars, whether you're the perfect weight, whether you have the money, whether you have the house. Do you want love in your life? Are you thinking about getting a dog? Because that could be an indication that you want love in your life. (laughs) right yeah women go and get dogs as love replacements yeah and i think i got two it's being honest about you know um like you say speaking your own truth to yourself you know not being in denial because obviously the thing that does get uh, in the way and stop us from um admitting to ourselves what we truly really want and what is our hearts calling is is because of you know our own past experiences around um you know hurts loss heartbreak, trauma, whatever it is. All the filters. 
Yeah. I remember one time my, my parents came to visit me in Australia. Um, my brother had passed away. It was the first Christmas without him. And I had separated for a year. I hadn't divorced yet. I waited till after my brother passed away. There was a lot going on at one time until I actually went through the divorce thing. But I remember sitting with my mother. It was Christmas, like 1997. And I just crying to her like, oh, you know, I'm so heartbroken. And, um, and I said, you know, why is it so hard for me to find somebody that's the right person for me? And she said to me, Barb, you have a career. You look at what you're doing with your life. You have this great life. Now you're experiencing living internationally. Australia's beautiful. Sydney's a gorgeous city. Like just be happy with what you have. You know, maybe it's not meant for you to be married. Maybe it's just meant for you to have a career. And I said, but mom, and I mean, I was 34. Yes. And I said, but mom, the feelings are in my heart. Yeah. I said, if they weren't in my heart, then I would agree with you. But why are those feelings in my heart that this is what I deeply desire? So I had conflict from the outside of the people who loved me the most. Mm. Trying to talk me out of what I authentically was feeling from my inside. Mm. And when I look at how I was raised, that was also the pattern. Like, don't listen to yourself, listen to authority or, you know, listen from the outside, not, not from the inside out, but from the outside in. So that was one of like a turning point where it's like, no, like, you know, when I look back, like I had to not only get rid of the beliefs that I formed, but not listen to those people around me whose beliefs didn't match mine. Absolutely. And sometimes as well, we, we can be in denial, you know, our head and our ego mind can sort of be saying one thing to us, but you know, it's that overriding heart. That's the truth, isn't it? That That's speaking. Yeah, and if it's that someone you that you really to. love and trust who says that kind of thing to you, what does it cause? Confusion, mm-hmm. questioning yourself. You know, so if you can't believe in yourself and then what what you want, whether it's, you know, you want to become an athlete and you want to win the Olympics or you want to be a great dancer or pianist or uh, a lover to someone to, you know, that's a perfect mate for you. If you listen to the people around you who talk you out of it and you're young and you're vulnerable, it causes confusion and then you don't trust yourself. Mm. Yeah. So. I had to undo a lot of those messages, basically. So, so how do you go about that initially? Is, is it to do with, I know you do an exercise or, or a lesson around mirror, mirror on the wall. Is it, is that a starting point? Well, um, I think the starting point is just, you know, what do you want? Like go into your heart space and ask yourself, what do you really want? And write it down in your journal and, um, and then ask yourself, so what is present preventing you? Like, what do you believe around that? Like, you know, if love is your divine right, or if you want, I mean, someone's not going to say, oh, okay, I know love's my divine right. They're not going to be aware of that. Um, that is something I discovered that, first of all, we're not born to be alone. We're not hatched out of an egg. We're born with a mother. And, you know, depending upon how you're born and your upbringing, the ideal relationship is that loving, nurturing relationship. It's not like we just boom and we're there. Right. So we immediately are in a relationship with somebody from the moment that we start to grow inside the womb. 
created out of a relationship. Um, so the first thing is to acknowledge that you do want to be in a loving relationship and you want to be loved, but what are you telling yourself about that? You know, what is your mental conversation with yourself? And for me, I was getting old. Um, you know, I have a strong personality and who's going to want that? You know, I got to kind of take it down a couple of notches. I really want a good man who's, you know, going to be compatible with me. That was another message I got. So I just kind of started looking at all of the beliefs that I had that I could easily see were my blockages. So for instance, I'm getting old. How do I turn that belief around? Um, and I had mentioned Claire Zummit. She introduced me to power statements. Um, and I'd always been into affirmations. You know, I learned affirmations from Louise Hay, the I am statements, the yes. I am, the am that I am. I'm a big Louise Hay fan myself. Yeah, definitely. So Claire took it one step further. And she said the difference between a power statement and a affirmation is the power statement acknowledges the past first and then creates the positive affirmation. So, for example, I was not born to be alone. I was born to love and be loved. I am now attracting the man who's right for me. Or um, like regarding my mother's conversation with me. My past has no power over me. My parents' opinions have no power over me. Therefore, I know I am worthy of receiving love. So I just started journaling on what my beliefs were that were negative, that blocked me. And then I would turn them into either a positive affirmation or a power statement. So I was always into journaling. I'm a writer at heart. You know, I love to write. I was an English major. I have bachelor's in English. I have a master's in English. I love writing. Um, and I do a lot of writing in my career, but I'm a journal writer. And I have stacks of journals from years. And a lot of it was complaining and moaning and processing and downloading. But then I started shifting the way that I journal and started doing what I told you. The things that were negative in my head, I started writing positive affirmations or power statements about it. I remember writing, I am worthy of love being loved and loved. I am worthy to receive love. Um, I am worthy to be respected and loved. Because in my marriage, I was not respected. And I learned a big lesson that love for me is not enough. Respect and love. So years of journaling helped me. And um, then I learned this other process about the journaling. I wrote everything in my um, book. On one side, I would put my negative belief. And then on the other side, I would put the new positive affirmation or power statement. Then I would tear the piece of paper out of my journal and I would take the side with all the negative ones, roll it up and go outside. And I would put a little pot, a clay pot. I would put it in the clay pot and I would burn it up and do a release ceremony on a full moon because a full moon is when you release things. Right. So then I would keep the side with the what I wanted. So I actually released physically, physical demonstration to the universe, those beliefs that blocked me. 
and I would take those affirmations or power statements. And that is the only thing that I would write in my journal moving forward. Excellent. I, I can remember doing similar things, you know, and advising clients to do some, some similar ceremony, whether that's just throwing or ripping it up into a bin or like you say, having some sort of burning ceremony where you let it all go. Yeah, I mean, if you can't burn it, it outside, you know, tear it up, throw it in the garbage, take it into the bin. And I also have um, been taught like, go put it in a treasure chest and bury it somewhere. I remember doing one where I put all that negative beliefs that I had that my first husband brought up in me and I put it in this big giant orange box and I buried it all the way out in um, the desert in um, the outback in Australia. It's, it's there, it's gone. It doesn't, it doesn't own me anymore. Time so got to for somebody to find. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of visualizations are, um, are powerful. Yeah. It's like, oh, and then if the thought comes up, you're like, oh, I let go of that. I don't believe that anymore. And then, I mean, I remember even outside, uh, saying my affirmations out loud, like, oh, I was born to love and be loved. I now attract a man who's perfect for me. You know, he's right around the corner for me. I did a lot of self-talk. Yeah, it's about what do you say to yourself when you're giving yourself self-talk? And sometimes, I, you know, I do have to acknowledge that that can be um, a bit challenging to start with because sometimes, you know, you... I've had women say to me, well, but Lynn, you know, I don't actually believe that, you know, it feels like I'm, be, I'm telling myself a lie when, you know, I'm still hooked in this old negative belief. Uh, and, I, and I just have to explain that, yeah, that's perfectly normal. But, you know, after a while, you keep repeating it to yourself, it will become, get to a stage where it will become more concrete, you know, and you will actually truly know that you are believing that new affirmation or power statement like you just well, you know what? When you do it over and over and over, it becomes ingrained in you. Yeah. What I'm That's saying is, don't worry if it doesn't do. feel comfortable to start with or natural, or you know, if it, if you have that, oh, it doesn't feel like I'm telling me myself my truth because you've been. It's because you've had the habit of the old belief for so long that you right. do still believe that's your truth. But eventually, the more you practice this, it you know that new empowering belief can become your truth, can't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, repetition is the mother of learning. And here's the thing. We don't learn these beliefs that we um, have as adults overnight. Like they just didn't happen. They took years mm. for us to uh, embed them in our, in our subconscious mind, you know? So they're not going to like shift instantly. I mean, there are other practices that I did that made things move faster as the years went on that I learned about, but I think that the biggest thing to remember is that these things take time. They didn't happen overnight and they're not going to go away overnight. Um, things can move quickly, the more work you do, but I'm just saying, be patient. It's not going to happen in an instant, you know? No, not. And um, to be kind to yourself and not, not worry if it doesn't feel comfortable to start with because you know, you're changing the habits of a lifetime. So from um, this concept about love is your divine right, can I just read you something? Yes, please This do. is quoted from my course, The Science of Attracting Your Soulmate. Every single person on the planet is born with the inherent quality of worthiness and respect, along with the inherent qualities of worthiness and respect. Loving others and being loved is your divine right, no matter what, simply because you are a human being. 
Deep, real love is not earned. It is your divine right. It is not something you get rewarded with due to good behavior and is not something you achieve through multiple degrees or awards. However, the culture in which we are raised and our upbringing determines our basic beliefs and fairy tales about being worthy of love. And so I think that we are inundated as kids and as adults with stories around this exact topic. Look at all the fairy tales. Oh, you'll be happy when you meet your prince and all of that. But, um, you know, as kids being raised with some of these different ideals, but not learning how to get there, the steps and how it all starts from that inside job of feeling worthy to receive, mm. um, you know, and as women, you know, we're meant to receive, aren't we? When you look at us physically, you know, the, even the act of intercourse is receiving, but when it comes Absolutely. to actually receiving, um, you know, um, and standing in our power, we're, we're quite poor at that, aren't we? We, we? we put ourselves last on the list. Right. I mean, nature shows us. However, when we're growing up, we learn if we behave in a certain way and we, the approval of our authority figures is met, then we'll be loved because we'll be rewarded. Are we rewarded when we don't get good grades in school? No, we're punished, but we're rewarded when we get good grades, right? So there's more love, you know? Um, are we rewarded when we, you know, are naughty at home? No, we get punished, but if our behavior is good, then we're rewarded. So we learn, we learn how to please others and disconnect from ourselves. Um, we learn um, that certain actions and behaviors will either cause more connection with those around us or more separation. We may not know that in our heads, but we can feel it. So um, if we don't reach our parents or our family standards or our teachers, I went to Catholic school for 12 years, the nuns, the Catholic religion, um, we're punished. And when you're punished, the first thing that happens is a feeling of separation and self-worth. Mm. And if you don't manage this and handle this, you grow up into an adult who has low self-esteem, feels alone, low self-worth. You get into a relationship. And what do you attract? Somebody also with low self-esteem, low self-worth. And, you know, we know that that's not going to bring you happiness. So it's the first seven years of your life, that kind of programming, but also when things happen through your life, we make up stories about that also. Yes. Traumas, you know, things that don't work out, failures, as we call them, you know. And we're, we're quick, aren't we, to point the finger externally rather than look inside and ask ourselves, how am I responsible for perhaps contributing or creating Yeah, and how this? can I change this? Like, this is... You know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same old thing over and over and expecting different results. So if there's something that you really want to achieve in your life, and for me, I really wanted to meet the right man who was, like I knew he was out there. I knew there had to be somebody who was a really good match for me. Why was he so hard to find? Um, so 
by doing uh, really, really taking the microscope and examining all of these beliefs, knowing what I learned, it is my divine right to be loved. And those callings and whispers in my heart are real. That is my soul speaking to me. And like, if there's one thing that I need to actualize in my life is the answering to those whisperings in my heart. And if I don't, then I have not lived a purposeful life. I have not achieved what I need to achieve as a human being on this planet because I ignored myself. I ignored my higher self speaking to me through my heart. So the transformation took place for me personally when I had the courage to listen to myself and not those authority figures around me and embark on the journey to transform it. And it took me 20 plus years, but I did it. And I am now a very happily married woman with a perfect partner for me. He is not perfect, but he is perfect for me. Absolutely. And I love the way you, you put that perfect, but not, not, yeah. not <laughs> imperfect in his perfectness for you. <laughs> and you know, we're, it's only, we're going on four years of being married in October and five years of being together. And we still discover things about each other that we didn't know before. And some things, you know, oh, interesting. Some things, oh, not so interesting. But it's still like we're still getting to know each other. And that's fine. And we're still learning, you know, maybe how to communicate uh, to each other when we do have tension, things going on. But, um, but the bottom line is that the core basic foundation of our relationship and our commitment to our relationship and each other is so freaking solid that I can totally be my authentic self and I'm never judged for it. And I'm loved even more by being authentic, which is another thing that I learned. Like I thought, Oh, you know, if a man to, to have a man love me, love me or the man that I thought I wanted to love me, you know, I kind of, I couldn't let him know that a B C D about me. You know, <laughs> I had to like put on, you know, my little perfection mode that like, you know, if he knew that, you know, maybe I snored in my sleep. I'm just saying that's older in life. But just little things that I don't know. If he really knew that about me, he wouldn't want to love me. We can, you know, magnify those in our own head. And, and um, you know, when it when quite often, you know, 100% of the time men aren't bothered about, you know, <laughs> the things that as women worry about like a bit of cellulite or belly fat or whatever let's talk about vulnerable things women weight okay so 90 percent of the women on the planet you know secretly struggle with their weight i would say maybe not but a lot right yes. and um i'm italian i like to eat i don't like to do portion control i don't like to count calories okay i've done it all i've lost weight and then i go back to my old ways and um, I haven't found 100% the magic formula, but the bottom line is that it has always been one of my struggles, um, both sides of the family, Italian, and weight issues for everyone in the family over the years. So if I would be dating somebody who was like in really good shape, do you think that I would like say, oh, I struggle with my weight? Oh, no, being in perfectly good shape and healthy, that's really important to me, too. And, you know, being the exercise queen and all of that, which I've always been an exerciser. But what I'm saying is that my imperfections, I would never reveal. I would never share my authentic self. Like, you know what? I really, I have to stay on top of it or else it's very easy for me to gain weight if I'm not really watching what I eat and exercising. 
Whereas with Kevin, first of all, it wasn't even a discussion, but, um, you know, when I met him, I certainly wasn't 135 pounds. I was, you know, probably maybe 20, 25 pounds heavier. No judgment. Loves me for exactly who I am. Um, it's never been an issue. And, you know, we consciously cook food that is going to support both of us staying healthy and, um, you know, within the right weight. But it wasn't a embarrassment or a shame-based uh, imperfection that I was <laughs> hiding from him is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I love that. And you know what? We as, as, as women need to let go of a lot of that stuff, don't we? I also had my kidney removed seven years ago. I had a kidney infection and I have a huge scar on the left side. And when that happened, I was like, oh my God, who's going to want me? I have this big scar and was working with a counselor. And she said to me, your man is going to kiss your scar. And guess what? My man kisses my scar and I kiss his scars. <laughs> He's got him too. Love that. Really love that. So thank you so much for sharing your own personal story and um, your insight and wisdom about, you know, the affirmations and the power statements that anybody listening to this podcast can implement in their own lives to start changing their beliefs to serve them for the higher yeah, good. The and release date on the full moon, the releasing on the full moon. <laughs> you know, you got to release it. You got to physically, and the release ceremony is an actual physical demonstration to the universe of releasing. 100% support that um, option for you to release it in whatever form you feel is right, right. for you. But yes, yeah. And I, then the, I, new moon, the new moon is when you take the side that has all the positive affirmations that you want you go outside to the new moon and you have a prayer and you speak all those things that you want to bring in because the new moon is about attracting and bringing it into your space. The full moon is about releasing. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure loads of listeners are now going to make notes of that. And uh, next Everyone's time there's a releasing and bringing there's in. There's going to be a lot of releasing of burning <laughs> ceremonies going on. All right, so Barbara, what, what is your best contact um, link to share with the, the listeners? You know, should they yeah. want to get in touch with you? What is your best well, I have on, on Facebook, I have a, a group that's open to, um, you know, the public. It's called The Science of Attracting Your Soulmate. Um, you can befriend me on Facebook, Barbara Magro Berg. And if you befriend me and you want to join my Facebook group, I will love to have you. I'm always posting uh, information that I have in my um, coursework, inspirational things. Um, I did a really fun thing on Valentine's Day. So you, if you join, you can go and look and scroll and see what I did around magnetizing your soulmate to you. So would love to have you join that. And, um, you know, we can become friends from there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. I found that really interesting and, and listening to your own powerful story, especially, you know, having gone over 20 odd years before you, um, you know, got to the stage where you had all these insights and realizations and then managed to magnetize and uh, attract your ideal soulmate relationship. So well done to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm evidence for women over 55 because I was 58 when Kevin came into my life. Love that. So there yeah. you go, ladies. Anybody listening that's over the age of a certain 
55, let's say. <laughs> Just know there's never hope Give and inspiration out there of women who have done it and, uh, right. you know, successfully living happy, healthy soulmate relationships. Yeah, don't let the belief I'm too old stop you from receiving love because you're never too old. The heart does not know age. No, that's true. So to wrap things up then, I'll just leave you with True Love Starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Bye everyone. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.